Hey, Tucker. Hey, Todd. This part's going to be pre-recorded, so act professional, okay? I'll do my best. This is the Tucker and Toddcast, a podcast in which we write adventure stories for our YouTube sketch show. I'm Tucker. And I'm Todd. Okay, now we can get on to the show. Hooray! <sighs> Confetti. Hmm. Should we have some situation in which we shoot shit? Literally? Uh, two two possible interpretations to that. Are we lining shit up in a firing line and actually shooting at it? Oh, or it's all are we hit or... in a needle and you're injecting yeah. it into your veins? Oh, great. That's just going to be our uh, just say no PSA. Or are we actually loading shit into a cannon and firing that? Because uh, you know what? There is no situation that I can think of where I want to do it. Oh, the one that I was imagining was there was a sh- like a shit beast and it was being shot at. Somebody screams, shoot the shit, runs away. Oh, okay. I like that. That's better. It's a shit demon, just like in Dogma. Yeah, I was going to say, is it the Dogma shit demon or do we, we have our own shit demon that we would create? Well, I mean, it, I don't imagine that it would be specifically that shit demon, but they might know each other. Did Randy's gigantic shit uh, become sentient at any point? I don't recall. I don't. I don't think so. Wait, maybe it did. Did it call him father? I can't remember. Oh, maybe there was. I can't. <laughs> There's too many things converging. Uh, yeah, uh, you... South Park has gone too many places for me to have any kind of clear recollection of what it has done. Did they ever establish an origin story of Mister Hanky? He made me choke on my drink. I don't think so. I hope not. I really hope not. <laughs> that would actually be very funny. A birth scene. The doctor going, it's cresting or whatever. They have shit doctors sitting around an asshole as go push. <laughs> Just breathe, honey. Just breathe. It's cresting. I can see its head. What have we done? We've given. Oh, are they mad scientists? And they're all staring at each other like, what have we done? It, OK, it's not shit standing around an asshole. It's doctors, and there's like one of those surgery blankets, and there's a cutout except for around a butt, and there's just a butt sticking out. And then the doctors are sitting around going, it's it's happening, it's finally here. The gestation, it's ended. Okay, but it needs to be the product of mad science, so there needs to be like some psychotic diet involved and supplements. I'm trying, now <laughs> I've got it totally. Is it a whole body? It's a giant body. And instead of large doctors standing around a human with a butt standing out, there's like small creatures gathered around. It's, it's tied down in a sort of, uh, what's that? Gulliver's Travel sort of way. But they've constructed a, a, like a large shrine or temple out of the human's body with the, the butt at the top of these like, uh, what are they? The, a ziggurat stairs. And then at the bottom is a gigantic head and they're just constantly feeding the head. They're bringing it offerings to to uh compel the the ritual and if you bring in enough offerings it will shit out the shit demon you know so it's actually a a giant is it <laughs> i don't know it, if it's so it is a giant there's a giant head at the bottom of the ziggurat stairs so all the sacrifices we roll down the steps just fly into its mouth and eventually it, eventually the shit demon happens is that funny uh I think that is the basis for a really crappy C comedy horror movie. A C comedy maybe, horror movie? Maybe it's a B movie, but it's probably a C movie. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. 
Tucker and Todd are capable of writing a C comedy horror movie. That does sound like something that they would write. But what they're going to be writing this week is something entirely different. Entirely different. I should say what we will be writing, because this is the Tucker and Todd cast. That's that's accurate. And I already said in the intro that it's a podcast where we write episodes of what was going to be a comedy sketch show and now is like sort of an adventure story show with whole episodes involving continuous characters. But there are sketches dotted throughout it. There, yeah, it is compiled of sketches. It is a it is a, a sketch golem. Yeah, it's like an Adventure Time show now. Oh, I know what's happening. One second. Give me a pause. You you have a pause. It was all extra my fault. What what was it this time? I forgot that the Xbox keeps downloading in the background even when you tell it to turn off. Oh, and it doesn't let you throttle its bandwidth usage? No, it actually, like, I think increases the bandwidth usage because it's like, well, I'm not doing anything else. I can go full steam now. Oh, so it's not like Steam where you can just say maximum of one megabyte per second if you're downloading something. Maybe probably somewhere in there, but I just unplugged it and I'll take care of it later. I would probably I would prefer to have a pristine connection. As little interference as possible. I have a feeling that somebody around here is streaming something but we have more than enough bandwidth that i won't even notice that's good okay so what we were going to do this week though was we were going to continue our story from last week let me get my document up we were going to go limitless yeah the end of the last episode and now i have to ask you if limitless is a reference to specifically the bradley cooper movie or was there a limitless before that i'm pretty sure it's just a reference to that movie I've and never and I that. think we're just we're just subverting it because he takes drugs to become limitless and we're not taking drugs to become limitless. Right. We were taking drugs with. Well, we didn't know what the drugs were for. I don't think I, th- I believe we were misled. Yeah, we had we had no for. idea. We thought we were just taking some vitamins because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But they were to keep us limited. Yes, they were limiters. Oh, I had a line that popped into my head. Oh, because we were talking because Plato thought it was enlightenment. I was r- wondering if we should call it enlightenment. Well, I mean, technically it is enlightenment in stage five, but everybody who's observing us, who is aware of the situation and really knows what's going on, is looking at a, a some kind of document. This is, you know, stage six. It's coming. But right. uh, and, and enlightenment is funny. Uh, and then unlimitment. Or is the opposite of it or unlimitment. I, I like unlimitment for just like the title. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking of. So do you call do you recall precisely how last episode ended? I know that our main characters Vaguely. were us, Plato and straight woman. And they were, if I recall, had started off proud. Were either of them skeptical? One of them was skeptical. I feel like straight woman was straight woman was skeptical because she is smart and genre savvy and is skeptical of everything. But Plato was proud and we kind of ended the episode with Tucker and Todd basically going around and starting to right the world's wrongs because they are in a in a in stage five, which is enlightenment. So they are aware. And so they're 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 wise perfect wisdom so they're going around and solving problems and i believe that the 
Oh, no, I, I, never mind. That What I was about to say was how last episode started. So that's already established. I was going to say, I believe we were going to show us starting, or maybe that's how we do kind of like a, a, tr- a hat trick on, on a gag, because two episodes ago, we started with the TV starting one way, and then we used at the beginning of last episode watching TV the same way, but us responding differently to show that something was different. Do we do that one more time to show now that something is actually very different oh well if we want to show that things are very different what we need to do is what is uh start the episode with tucker and todd watching jeopardy and doing it properly (laughs) being able to nail every question on a trivia show that's a true sign of brilliance oh is that a, a remark is that plato's remark that's 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 where we key in straight woman and Plato are sitting there straight woman kind of like kind of furrowed brow something's going on here but or or Plato's trying to convince her like see I told you this is a true sign this is uh, Jeopardy blah 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 what you said <laughs> yeah the word we're, we're nailing every single question on Jeopardy so we are we are truly enlightened. If if we wanted to start with the TV thing again, then Jeopardy is probably the way to go. But we're going to have to resurrect Trebek. Would it be funny if uh, we are continuing Cody's, uh, what's it called, education with other pop media or pop, 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 pop media, pop culture stuff? We're showing him he's watching. He's watching the scene from Groundhog Day of Phil Connors. Is that his name? shouting the the jeopardy answers and we flick it off going like turn it off jeopardy's on <laughs> actual jeopardy is on and what's his name from rain man walks past and says something about what's his other show that he likes oh my gosh now i have to go back and remember rain man i don't know why i thought just typing in rain man into google would give me the answer <laughs> D- didn't it that should yeah dustin hoffman oh people's court no, there was a guy. I feel like there was a name that he, a show that he watched that had like a guy's name. Ah, it's I not mean, I'm sure it did. The point there, though, is that uh, not only was Dustin Hoffman's character autistic, but he had savant syndrome. Right. Is it? Should we then call it appropriate to have him as a little? Oh, maybe he doesn't even make the. Maybe he doesn't even do any lines. But he, we, he's just like in the background in the kitchen or something like that. Well, if he's gonna be in a scene. Something has to get knocked over, like a jar that has a, a thousand peanuts in it, and he has to count them in an instant. But that is basically a one-to-one of the scene in the film. Oh, I get it. The name that I was remembering from, from Rain Man was he says he keeps saying three minutes to Wapner. But Wapner is, I guess, from the show The People's Court. Three minutes to Wapner. Um, I don't know. Is it appropriate to have the dropped items and count it gag? It's not a gag when he does it. When he does it, it's just an expression of savant syndrome. Then but that is that is the single best reference you could ever make to Rain Man. Is the dropping and counting? Yes, that's that is pretty much the defining scene for his savant syndrome. Then I feel like it should be a little bit more because that that I have seen um but nine bajillion times. Just here's a guy, he drops the things, he counts it. I think I think it's sort of obvious and low hanging fruit. So if we could do it as like a wordplay, it 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 is obvious and low hanging fruit, and that's 
that's why you've seen it a million times is because it's the single most iconic scene in the entire film. The rest of it is pretty forgettable, actually. So if if we could do it through a wordplay, I would be all for it. You know, I love wordplay. Oh, it's because it's a matchbox, right? That gets dropped in the movie or it's matches. Was it matches or toothpicks? Oh, was it toothpicks? I thought it was matches. I think it was in a restaurant. Oh, yeah, it was toothpicks. I saw the scene recently. I might have seen the entire film, but I only remember seeing that scene because everything else is just that scene again. Well, I guess that's that can be something that can be figured out later, specific word plays and jokes. But the sequence is watching watching Groundhog Day, interrupting it with. And actually, it's kind of funny to start with Groundhog Day because we're starting our episodes over three times in a row the same way. See? Exactly. So it's funny. Multi-layered and then, like an onion. Yeah. Or an ogre, I guess. I've never tested how many layers were in an ogre. I've never, I've never, you know, tried to chop one in half with an axe to count the rings. You would assume a dermis, right? And then a subdermis and then musculature and then veins and then bones. I expect a really thick layer of subcutaneous fat. Oh, of course. And I bet it smells like onions. Well, that's where the saying comes from. Oh, the saying comes the saying comes from the fact that they smell like old onions and rather than because that they have layers. Yeah, the, the writers of Shrek were just misappropriating or I guess was appropriating. They had no place to speak for ogres or onions. Those dickheads. Moving on, we are interrupting our viewing of Groundhog Day to turn on Jeopardy because now that we are also savants, we love our trivia shows. Oh, are we also part because because we're savants and we need to maximize the usage of our time? Are we also like doing something ridiculous with our hands while we're watching Jeopardy? Are we like and uh, the the thing that came to mind was pottery, like potting, like a potting wheel or whatever. But that's dumb. But something I don't know. Oh yeah, I think both of us with one hand should be writing articles for the Onion, and then with our other hand we should be you know like browsing through some kind of news looking for problems in the world to solve. I mean, whatever problems are left, because that's actually how we will be doing the very first. That's how we'll be doing the very first stage of this episode is uh, flexing more of our enlightenment and solving more of the world's problems and giving ingratiating ourselves to humanity and giving everybody more reason to trust us. And as we're sitting there writing, straight woman comes over and says, what are you guys writing? And I say, we're writing for The Onion. And she kind of smirks and goes, you guys think you can write satire? And I kind of, we both look up like indignant. I go, yeah. And you say, we have layers. <laughs> now, now, the, now it's meta. Yeah. Yes, we have layers. And then I guess briefly we turn green and have weird ears. Oh, as, yeah, for that shot, just just for that shot as we say that. Oh, yeah, it, she has to approach us from behind while we're sat on the couch. So it shows the back of our heads and we turn our heads. So before that, we weren't actually our faces weren't in view. But as we turn our heads there, we have green skin and Shrek ears. Perfect. We're filmmakers. <laughs> yeah, we have layers. And then I guess the it'll have to change almost immediately to uh, once again, us just being us. And I don't think she doesn't she doesn't like react with shock like that was something she saw. That was just specifically a sight gag for the camera. 
Yeah, yeah. That that was just for audience. Because it's also a cartoon in that way. It's sort of Looney Tunes or I guess uh, that's more SpongeBobby. Uh column A, column B. Little of yeah. both. Especially because I think SpongeBob probably draws from Looney Tunes a bit, especially with when it comes to cartoon violence. Uh, yeah, I, I think we all I guess we just all do. It's just the culture of cartooniness. Yeah, it uh, it did a lot to codify the culture of cartooniness. That's why the Looney Tunes will never actually die. It's it's become embedded in the culture. Imagine when they start trying to pull down the statues of Bugs Bunny. I will be there on the ground ready to die <laughs> in front of this the bulldozer. Is, this is what br- compels us to, to movement. Yeah, Bugs Bunny will be the first time I've ever been willing to lay my life on the line for something. Uh, speaking of which, I heard that Ukraine is uncomfortable about the 100,000 Russian uh, troops on its border. And they did a poll of their population and found that about 30% of people in Ukraine said that they would be willing to defend against a Russian invasion with gun in hand should the day come. And so they've started a volunteer military branch and are having people like sign up in droves by the day. That's interesting and also scary because that sounds like a really good way to escalate hostilities in the region. <laughs> Doesn't it just though? It's oh boy, I can't wait to pick up a gun and go point it at some Russians. Because that will surely scare them off. Yeah, that, that that won't provoke any kind of response. And and that won't destabilize the region at all. No, that won't that won't drive them to want to put you in your place. Yeah, the Ruskies will give a slap. Anyways. Yeah, political. That might be, I don't know. It's an interesting, I I mean, it is, it's an exciting, I don't know, my words. Let me, let me, uh, it's not the good words. kind of exciting. No, it's terrifying. And it's a weird thing to read in 2021 that the countries are still like, let's do good old fashioned European war. Yeah, no kidding. It, it's, it does seem like a sort of, aren't we over that kind of <laughs> yeah. attitude? But no, we're not. We're not. No, humans well, don't get over that. We're we don't get over anything. Look at there are still commercials for like come buy your Christmas tech. <sighs> OK, where were we? I guess we're watching Jeopardy. We need that. We need to at least get a couple of uh, what is questions correct before we find something in our news search that compels us to leave the TV show behind and actually start the adventure. Right. Okay. And so the the point of the adventure, at least in this episode, is us actually. So what is there? Is there a catalyst for us moving into phase six or is it just a natural progression? I want to say it's a natural progression, but so far, every time previously, we've had a, a proper catalyst. Like we get to the threshold and then something happens where we get to actually have a threshold event that pushes us over. So we'll we'll. We're going to have to probably wrestle with that a little bit. But the first part of this, now that we're done with Jeopardy, is we have to go and solve some problems and be enlightened. Oh, you mean for now we need to go around doing a little bit of enlightened behavior? Oh, yeah, I guess we had just become enlightened at the end of the last one, right? Yeah, so we have to spend a little time being the good guy so that there's actually dramatic narrative significance to us crossing that last edge and going into 
tyranny where we're we're basically going full-fledged patronism so because plato is so supportive of our enlightenment and believes in it the most has he sort of become our like publicist like manager kind of guy he's setting up gigs for us is, is he he's like uh, he's lining us up oh remember even in like hercules hercules becomes a hero and like phil starts booking him appointments or whatever yeah i want him to be our philatides i think that would be great and and now from now on i want uh plato to be voiced by danny devito <laughs> yeah please <laughs> call me phil yeah he needs to he needs to sound like he's from you know queens yeah the shore the longshore or brooklyn where did those names come from longshoreman stevedore i have no idea um okay so plato is booking us gigs he now has an east coast grimy accent and because yeah that's good because we didn't use that voice on the baby so now that's the voice that plato has oh that's right we didn't the baby the baby just evil yeah i've forgotten <laughs> um this story though so good things that we could be doing are like are we speaking at our oh are we doing like an apple uh, like a steve jobs style uh keynote speech oh are we gonna actually go up on the stage and start doing once we start running oh, out of we do big a todd real talk. World problems we're gonna start doing todd talks like yes <laughs> <laughs> and we've got the big red logo in the back it just says todd x or whatever yeah todd todd is uh He's started uh, like a multinational charity organization that also happens to be a massive education, a big, big educational thing. And so we're doing a Todd talk. In the meantime, Tucker has gotten into stuff like automation. Oh, does it turn into kind of like a documentary style? Like we have talking heads with Chirons as we're describing our exploits and it's cutting back and forth to our Todd talks and whatnot. Oh, yeah, sure. Because I just imagined myself with the the well myself. It's kind of funny. I imagine Todd with the 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 close up face or sitting in a in a fancy um, like mahogany lined paneled office room or whatever with the carpet and the single wing back chair and and speaking into the camera with the Chiron where it says Todd philanthropist. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I call myself it like talking candidly and kind of like dodgy shucks. Oh, yeah, of course. But I, I definitely think Tucker needs to get into stuff like automation and uh, it, like in ways that eliminate the, ki the kinds of jobs that nobody wants to do and open up brand new ones like industry oh, like, overhauls. Do you support UBI? Like a, like a big industry overhaul and automation and like people no longer go to war. Now machines do it for us. Oh, you you'd convert the military into the uh, the the American Engineering Corps or whatever. Yeah, something like that. So so Todd is that way. Tucker has a thing to do. And also because I have a plan for how he's going to turn out when he goes full tyranny. OK, perfect. So so if, if Todd's going to do uh, this massive educational thing and the Todd talks and all that, start considering how it can be once it starts becoming extreme. Well, I, I I just I watched uh, the first Kingsman yesterday, and I think it might be something like what Samuel L. Jackson was doing in that one. Oh yeah, I, I quite possibly. Like yeah, I guess it would be uh, like just out of control rhetoric and mind control of some sort. That is 
basically the final stage of education is indoctrination. Yeah. Okay. I figured it out. Well done. So yeah, <laughs> basically we're, we're uh, big involved in a couple of industries and right now they are eliminating uh, like several of humanity's problems. Like we're, we're destroying scarcity. We're getting rid of hunger. We're educating people. We are, you know, introducing auto automation that turns uh, large-scale farming back into a real thing rather than just agribusiness. So we're feeding people. None of that burning and trashing mass stocks of food to maintain supply and demand. Yeah, no, none of that. And also the automation definitely has to involve highly efficient transport of foodstuffs. So we start slowly turning the world into a utopia. Yes, that's... That is the basic goal of enlightenment, I think, anyway, is to not only become wise, but use that wisdom and also try to make everybody else wise as well, which is the education part. So uh, what kind of problem might we find in our news reading that we're going to be compelled to put down Jeopardy for? Because we're probably pretty busy these days. This is our very limited leisure time. So what, what's important enough for us to put it down? Like, I'm wondering, would it have to be genuinely high stakes? Like, some, is it something that's threatening, a, like, a large population or something? Well, now that we're not, now that we're basically being ourselves played straight, it probably does have to be important. We can't use cartoon motivations anymore now that we're enlightened. So, like, a natural disaster? Yeah, I think disaster relief would be the kind of thing that we would get pretty heavily involved in. It's Barbara's Trisand is attacking a city. Oh, actually... I it's think we're going to wet ass pussy. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, no. What we're going to do is we're going to read a few news articles that to everybody else seem entirely unrelated, but to us are actually a forecasting of an impending disaster. So not only are we going to respond to a disaster, we're actually responding to it before it occurs. We're so intelligent oh. that we can basically five deep chess it. Yeah, we basically see it coming. We're like that definitely, you know, these are all definitely indicators of such and such an event are, is about to occur. So Tom Cruise comes in as his character from Rain Man to retrieve Dustin Hoffman. But he sees us bent over in our recliners doing the, the precogs from Minority Report. And he's like, what the fuck? What movie is it? Like, what, what, what set am I supposed to be on or whatever? <laughs> am I on the wrong set? <laughs> Anybody? Laughs. It's the only time in the entire scene that the audience laughs. Oh, yeah. And then out of nowhere, uh, Christian Bale yells at the light guy. <laughs> yeah. What was the um, I, I can't I wish I knew my favorite line, but the, the like, you're not a bad guy, but we will never work together professionally. I like you, oh, but we will never work together professionally. He's a nice guy talking about him in the third person. He's a nice guy. <laughs> not talking to him, just talking about him. What what a disaster that was. So, yeah. Uh, I guess Tom Cruise can come in and collect his brother and then we need to be out the door because we need to go and warn whatever nation of this impending natural disaster. Uh, the real question is by now, if we've established enough credibility that they'll listen to us. Oh, so what is what is the, the sequence of events? Because, oh, because this is the event that so we haven't established all these. Right. OK, sorry. I need to take what, whatever, whatever the events are. They should seem totally unrelated to us and to the audience, like to all the real people. They should seem like totally unrelated events. 
like uh oh you're talking about those okay yeah like uh, i don't know maybe activision stock plummets and uh somewhere over there there's a grass fire and it's threatening to destroy a town but it seems to be under control and then over there there's uh i don't know fireman saves cat from a tree that one is yeah, about so, as simple as can be. Bu- oh, yeah. A bunch of random events. So what I meant by events, though. So I was trying to figure out the timeline of us having our TED Talks and the, like us reaching the peak of showing our enlightenment. But then I remembered this scene where we're watching the news thing is all, all before I, all of any of that. This news scene that we're seeing there, these sequence of these news events that you're talking about is what inspires us to go out and start enlightening others yeah the the whole the the ultimate end goal of enlightenment is to begin to spread it around right so i the i guess the events that we see on the news that we pick out and recognize a link between can all just be five totally random things it doesn't matter what they are i think you already said that they don't we don't as the audience have to recognize any connection between them but tucker and todd do and ultimately what is the connection were you asking me what is the connection we find between them Oh no, there's there is no connection. The the only people who could ever see or understand it are these enlightened supreme beings that they are now. These higher level of beings. And then you were saying we go to authorities to say the world needs to do something about this, but we what what reputation do we have or whatever is what you said, right? Yeah, do we have the credibility, credibility to make them listen to us? Because if this is occurring before we develop big reputations and all that, then probably nobody listens to us. And then suddenly we are in the news because we knew it was coming. We could have stopped it. Ah, that's true. Oh, one of those. And that is how our little montage of our various uh, leaps and bounds in various fields of industries begins. Because first we get noticed thanks to this event. And then then we start getting opportunities to prove ourselves. And then it just goes crazy from there. And then eventually we're doing Todd Talks. So whatever this event is, then because we said it would be serious. So are we making we as the writers, not we as the uh, the protagonists or whatever? Are we making a sacrifice of some sort of group of people or population or whatever? Are we going to make probably right uh, now? Yeah, there's there's probably going to be uh, some kind of devastated region or city somewhere who uh whose turn is it oh it's atlantis this is how atlantis disappears oh i love that that way it's actually not anybody real and we can we can do basically whatever we want to it exactly we killed this is how the mermaids died out this is how atlantis was destroyed okay that's that's perfect and plato screams no he would too okay that's fun so we destroy Atlantis. Everybody is truly devastated because Atlantis was like the crown jewel of Earth. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if aliens were to visit Earth, Atlantis would be our our, you know, diplomatic attache to to be sent forward to deal with them. They, they would represent all of Earth. Is there is it going too far to say that 
destroying Atlantis actually puts Earth in peril. Like having Atlantis in place was was protecting us from some force that was encroaching from outside of the atmosphere or something like that. I don't know. And then so Earth sees, oh, fuck, we lost our chance. We didn't appreciate what we had or whatever they said. They gave us an opportunity to save ourselves. And now that's why they are truly invested in what we have to teach them. Uh, I don't know, because if if Atlantis was so great, then a lot of people would already be enlightened, probably. That's true. And I've also just decided that raising the stakes that high would make it harder to raise the stakes for all of the villainy stuff later. Yeah. So uh, Atlantis was probably a perfect little utopian society, but it was also probably a bit uh, isolationist. They didn't want to share. I like that. That's good. They were the the kingdom on the mountain. Yeah, and what it would have eventually transpired that we wanted to convince them to share, but and and we were going to go over there and solve their impending disaster in the hopes of encouraging them to share, but they were instead totally devastated, and now Atlantis is in ruins under the sea. Perfect. And we somehow somehow we managed to show the math or whatever. We demonstrate that we knew it was coming. And we we proved that we uh, contacted authorities and that that and that we were rebuffed. Oh, yeah. So we, have we, the whole... we managed. Yeah, we managed to prove that we could have stopped it, but nobody would listen to us. So then everybody starts noticing us. We have the whole diagram drawn with red crayon of like, here's the 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 thing that's going to destroy Atlantis. And here's a drawing in crayon of like what time it's going to happen and we showed it to atlantis and we showed it to earth and nobody cared we don't draw things in crayon anymore oh you're right now we use quills and, and feathers yes and these are very fancy quills and feathers and that ink is very fancy and the parchment is very fancy and it's just like a ton of what looks like actual renaissance charts the subscribe walks past he's like those are technically mine <laughs> tell him shut up jacob <laughs> okay so that is how yes, we that's, get that starts our very first news interview and then from there like our li a little song starts playing and then we start proceeding through a series of scenes of us moving up in the world you know one one opportunity leads to 10 new ones and then next thing you know, Todd's basically in charge of the world's education. Perfect. Everybody's giving him an apple. Yeah, we've got so many apples. It's a new problem. He just redistributes them with whatever your thing is. It, my, my being given apples feeds into your feed the world plans. Yep. I am, I am using automation. I'm increasing the amount of available leisure time that everybody has. So everybody's basic quality of life is increasing and their satisfaction with their lives are increasing. Everybody's happier and they're well-fed and they're becoming well-educated and they have more time to watch Todd talks. What a well-oiled machine. And now, now at the turn of the hour, we need to figure out what would be our threshold event to cross over into stage six. Okay. Now, let me pull up again, because since you had put things into such nice words last time, where did I put that? Sketch planning? Hmm, maybe it's in the premises. Goddamn RTC. Should we have a character named RTC that we work in when this happens from now on? No, because then then we make it real. And then it then it's with us forever. 
It's only during extended periods of silence, or rather inactivity. Oh, okay. It seems to go to sleep. Enlightenment has gone too far, and now Tucker and Todd realize the folly of hope. Humanity is a savage and barbaric child species that must be controlled and forcibly directed for its own sake in order to survive. Okay, so we there needs to be some gigantic event which pushes us over the edge and makes us start resenting the people that we've been trying to improve? Basically, uh, it's going to have to be that despite our best efforts to educate the entire planet and basically try to eliminate crime and the reasons for crime, we're just getting rid of disparity. We're getting rid of uh, scarcity, all that stuff. We're trying to close the wealth equality gap and, and somehow something needs to happen that demonstrates that, that things aren't actually going to improve, that humans are the problem rather than their circumstances. Is it like they build Atlantis 2 and then that gets destroyed also? Oh, they build Atlantis 2. Oh, oh no, we all... are going to build Atlantis 2. That's going to be our flagship project that we coordinate on. Ah. That's our that's our like wonder society. Okay. That's it's the first place where all of our new inventions and programs and stuff wind up. So it's it's the test bed and also the single most forward thinking and and advanced society on the planet. And it's going to be totally shit canned. Yeah. So does it go? It gets shit canned from within. So there's like a civil war between the people that live in our society. Oh, yeah, it definitely. Oh, either it gets destroyed from within or other people outside of Atlantis rise up and just devastate it. The, like the entire rest of the world rises up to destroy it. We built that for you and you destroyed it. That makes sense. Because we, we even though Atlantis is the most advanced and everything, it's, it's where we prototype everything. So it's not like we have a world of haves and have nots. Everybody else eventually has. But for some reason, there's some kind of resentment that built up because why does Atlantis 2 get to be the favorite? Why can't we do some of this stuff? And then whatever the reason is, humanity's petty and jealous. So they, they rise up and Atlantis 2 is destroyed and that's the final straw. In fact, so, it, it was probably the only straw, but that's it. Does that start with like a either a global conference or like a war room scene either with 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 uh, Atlantis 2 at the table or with them discluded? And it's like a, so they start these jealous nations start plotting. But one of those things like why does Atlantis? Yeah, exactly. Why does Atlantis 2 always this little little brother, little sibling syndrome or whatever? Why do they always get to get the whatever? How come they're how why have they had the Olympics every year in a row? <laughs> yeah, there, it's a war council and Atlantis 2 is not invited. And neither are we. So it's all of the other nations in the world rising up together. We finally did it, by the way. We've united humanity just against Atlantis 2. <laughs> That's true. Do we know that they're having this war council without us? We do not know. We are busy in Atlantis 2. I don't know, doing whatever we're doing. I'm just trying to figure out how that gets around being limitless. Like, do they at least try to, they, they call it a different kind of, they call it like the, the secret oh, party well, planning council or that's whatever. That's the thing is we're enlightened. We're not perfectly limitless yet. Oh, right. You're right. You're right. This is the, the loss of Atlantis too is what causes us to go full limitless. Okay. Then this is allowed. This is good. Yes. We still can't be everywhere at once. We're not completely consumed by our, our stuff. Should it still be called like a kind of tongue in cheek, like a name with the word covert? secret plan committee in it 
just for the sake of it being obvious and dumb. You mean it should be so overt that it's covert? Yeah. Hey, I, I'm all about it. We need more jokes. Maybe it's called so overt it's covert in in quote marks. The so overt it's covert planning committee. No, nothing suspicious here. In in uh, parentheses. Yep, they're just in some underground bunker somewhere, just having their little council, and they're like, "That's it. We're going after Atlantis too. We're going to show them what that we mean business. That we want a bigger piece of that pie." Is that so what it's about? They just want a bigger piece of the pie. So does that mean then that we weren't giving them equal? Oh, we, they, we were giving them equal. They don't want equal. They want more. Yeah, they 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 kind of mistakenly assume that Atlantis 2 is the favorite, whereas it's simply the first. Everything gets tested there and perfected there. Like it's the first iteration. Well, it's where everything radiates from. Yes. And so since it passes to Atlantis 2 first, they get... Like you said, little sibling sy- syndrome. They're uh, they're jealous and petty, even though they eventually get everything that, and they get better versions of it because it gets perfected and iterated on. So they right. get the finished product, but they want to be in on the ground floor. They want to be testing stuff. This is the Tin Soldier song. So Atlantis Two is now at the bottom of the sea with Atlantis One, and we kind of just crack. I guess we're watching the news or something and we're each holding a glass of brandy and we simultaneously shatter them in our hands. <laughs> that old gag. And then we yep. make a reference to we need to stop forgetting that uh, those are the the breakable stunt glasses. And then we pour another glass into proper glass. <laughs> the next one, it's like a metal chalice. <laughs> but we have to sit there and basically stun silence because there are no words for how humanity has just betrayed us. And then we basically tremble and then it happens. Whatever whatever golden light was coming out of us before, it uh, it changes color into something else. I don't know if it should be like we go full red red energy like this is an anime or something, but no, we're, we're definitely like no longer good. Black and purple, black and green. I'm always thinking eldritch colors. Yeah. Because that's exactly what it is. We've just become eldritch beings. We just hit limitless. We are no longer tethered to this reality. And so we begin our descent into villainy. Oh, the moment the moment that we go limitless is is that cuts to whatever uh, Columbo was doing in his corner of the world. He looks up immediately. He felt the, the disturbance in the force. Not only did he feel the disturbance in the force, but he probably has some kind of like console somewhere with a little red light on it that's blinking right now. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, it literally is the limitless little, the little limitless Warner. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's error, error. There's a uh, code, code limitless. Something has happened. The It gets a close up on Columbo and the, the soundtrack cuts out and he just goes, fuck. Mother of God. <laughs> yeah. He swallows his sunglasses. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then and then he washes it down with an entire bottle of pancake syrup. <laughs> okay. Because the mother of God line is a reference to super troopers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mother of God. <laughs> and then down goes the bottle of pancake syrup. I feel like most of super troopers is just references to other movies also. Some of it sure is. And I do think the that uh, nonstop references where you don't really do anything with them except make them 
is probably the shittiest form of writing there ever was. It's like playing the game of remember when. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like those guys you might run into at the bar who were in their 30s and 40s who peaked in high school and still talk about those days because that's all they're doing is trying to relive those days. That's what those kinds of references are. They don't do anything new. They're just trying to poke at nostalgia. While they test board games? Yeah. I wouldn't mind testing board games, though. I just wouldn't reminisce. No, it would. Board games would be fun. Anyhow, we have now crossed over. Yes, we have now crossed over. There has been, I guess, what it would be called is a threshold event. And that's what the little warning blinking sign over in Columbo's office is. And so either he's going to put on his mom disguise or he's going to take off his Columbo disguise and be mom. Oh, that'd be interesting. He shows up as mom to give us a scolding. Oh, no, he can't. He can't come anywhere near us. We'll just detect him. He's going to have to go and talk to straight woman and Plato. As as mom, as mom, because mom has more authority than Columbo will. That's true. Does he reveal to them that he has been mom the entire time? Nope, it's just just mom shows up. Everybody knows who mom is. And are we in the process? Are we doing some sort of like announcement over the world media to tell people you fucked up? You can't be helped. So we're going into we're taking over. No, we don't announce our plans. We double down on our industries, though. The uh, the education systems of Todd's, they all become, you know, much more invasive and all that. And uh, Tucker's automation stuff, it becomes also much more invasive. Did we have like uh, like 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 Tucker's going to go iRobot with it? Was there like a a protocol in place already for the like a bad version of doing things and you just have to like kind of like throw the switch or does it require more organization than that? It requires more organization than that. But now that we're limitless, we can do all of that in our heads in just like a moment. We just bam, immediately coordinate a new plan. Do we have a gag where we do like the, the I dream of genie? hand cross and blink or the 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 bewitched nose wiggle or whatever for like a couple times and then somebody points out you know you don't have to do that right and it's like i know it just feels good (laughs) yes i uh i like that activate the something something uh we don't have that well then i'm going to invent it excuse me and then later we activate it by doing the that nose wiggle yeah i just like it feels more powerful you know yeah, it's like uh, kicking your heels together. No place like home. And so I guess is there is so we take over. Does does the pseudo intellectualism come back into how we do villainy? Do, I guess we need to start doing like, do we have any specific villainous events that are going to have like because I think are, are we in this episode moving towards we have 45 minutes. Are we moving towards having the cast and crew employ our actual like suicide squad? I what did, I came up with, with a good name, pseudo pseudo intellectual side. That doesn't work. But anyways, the the pseudo intellectual squad to um, team up against us. Basically, all the kids from 4chan that we helped radicalize are now going to rise up. Oh, so here, here's the thing. Because we were going to make fun of like Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro and all of those figures. Are are those specific people by their names children that we 
from 4chan that we inspired to become those people or are we doing kind of like parodies of them parodies of them but they they have to pretty clearly be you know of the actual parodies doing the the kermit the frog voice for one and the um the robot voice for the other one kermit the frog here yeah you only need to clean your room (laughs) that's like that's like his only talking point well, it's all these postmodernists, you know, they're just, they dismantle everything. If nothing means anything, then, well, God damn it, I'm just going to start crying because I'm so sad about how we don't follow the Bible anymore. Yep, this is definitely a byproduct of our pseudo-intellectual stage. It's going to come back to haunt us. But in the meantime, we're heavily expanding our education and automation systems. And in fact, by now, Tucker is probably half machine himself because having meat reminds him of humanity and he doesn't like that. Are so, you like General Grievous or whatever? Worse. What is left of you? Probably just a brain. Do you have do you have your the rest of you like on ice or something like that? Is it recoverable or are we just doing a you killed Kenny thing? We're just going to do you killed Kenny thing. It's just like <laughs> just like the next scene. I guess I'm all right. Yeah, okay. Um okay, so you are mostly machine now. You're one of these things. Well, yeah, I'm in the I'm in the process of it, but I'm going to send you some to look at to to know what kind of energy I'm going to give Tucker. Oh, and I guess so you say you're in the process of it. So over time, over yes, time it's, like it's it's an opportunity for him to go from scene to scene with just like more and more more. more and more cybernetic augmentation until he's basically just a a brain in a terminator shell i like that oh i think you might have sent me this specific video before i can't remember i love it because i'm looking at like the tentacly thing that that is the kind of energy tucker is going to have by the by the climax of the episode when he's going full villain he's just going to be the machine okay and i guess i'm gonna do sort of a mega mind thing i guess my that's that's what i was thinking and you're gonna you're probably going to have like some Professor X Cerebro shit going on where you you are now some kind of psychic thing that is touching human minds. And basically, you're doing the hive mind that McConaughey wishes he could have done. I I have a few upgrades myself, but I don't have your technical skills. So I just have like big dryer hoses connecting different parts of my head. <laughs> yeah, you got you probably have like a pretty cool aperture that uh, is like a great big half circle dome for a helmet. So it's, it's uh, it covers your eyes, but like yeah. your nose and the bottom of your, the bottom of your head is still out of it, but it's got like a uh, electrical diodes all over it. Cool stuff. Just, just a bunch of buttons that don't do anything. Yeah. Oh, there is actually, there's one of those. Cause don't they call it like the most useless button or whatever, that little thing where you, you flick it and then a little, little articulated hand comes out and, flicks it closed i have one of those on my head oh i like that yeah a little hatch opens a little finger comes out i i hadn't thought about it at all before you you have done some aesthetic imagining i'm now just engaging it yeah i uh i did indeed i'm guilty of having considered what kind of villain i want tucker to become he he has embraced the machine humanity is impure machines obey and todd's gonna make them obey Todd's basically going to make them into biological machines through his his mega mind influence. That's great. Okay, so we start achieving that. 
And so we would need to... So if we've been progressing from us, our, our bodies are changing and developing as we've become progressively worse. That means a fair amount of time has passed and all that time we have been inaccessible by the, the crew that's trying to get to us. So do we at this point cut away to, or hmm, do we need to create an actual like world threatening event for them to rise up against? No, because we're this kind of, we're kind of taking control in a very insidious calculated way from a societal level. So you're indoctrinating them and then I'm making them totally dependent on my machines to live comfortably and conveniently. Like I've given everybody super duper ultra smartphones. Right. And every single one of those super duper ultra smartphones happens to be a little beacon through which your mega mind is projected. But we've effectively turned the utopia into a dystopia. Yes, we've eliminated free will, basically. Free will was the problem. You know, that old chestnut. Oh, is this an opportunity for a joke where, and maybe it's not even a joke, but it's like a, a whole a, a whole bit where because free will has been completely depleted, we what what the heroes, the protagonists in this are going to have to do is free will. I don't know, Will Smith. He's he's been locked up. I don't know. I mean, he can definitely I robot me a little bit. Oh yeah. We free we have to free will so that free will is restored or they have to free will. So <laughs> a free little will bit. Will can restore free will now that he's free. <laughs> it works out for me or uh, checks. I don't know. That tracks for me is what I meant to say. We have to free will. What's the matter? Well, we don't have enough free will. Well, why didn't you say so? He's right over here. And then it's not enough. So we have to free Willie. But he dies because he's a fucking whale. No, Will zaps Willie with a zapper thing because he thought it was an alien. It explodes in a, a an explosion of bloody chunks. I think he should actually explode into sushi rolls. <laughs> with with the with the 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 what is it the 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 explosion of gold coins sound effect though or gold rings I guess they tumble oh, and yeah. fade. You have to yeah, collect them before they Sonic. flash out of existence. Yeah, from Sonic, all the all the rings. But these are sushi rolls. They bounce around and then they flash out of view. Okay, so uh, naturally, like with any case, there's going to be an underground movement. There always is. There's always like an underground people who aren't indoctrinated, people who reject the system. That's how the Matrix works, baby. Is it a railroad? I think that might be a little on the nose. They, they meet in a subway station. That I'm okay with. So there is an underground resistance. Straight woman is definitely part of it. Uh, I don't know if Plato would be. Plato might still actually be kind of pretending that we're we're just slightly misled and that we'll come around. Like he's probably blinded by his own hope in us. Oh, he's kind of in denial. Oh, is there any chance that we actually start turning him then? He, we wouldn't be able to turn him all the way, but we might be in the process of doing so. But we're definitely kind of holed up in our villain layer and just letting our because we've we've developed large industries and organizations. So we mostly just direct them. We get personally involved very little. We hang around in our evil layer and plan evil plans and further augment ourselves to distance our bodies from humanity. Do we still have Jeopardy playing in the background? Absolutely, because only only Trebek is a match for us. He's definitely part of the underground. 
Oh, that's interesting. He's part of the underground. Do we then, as in the future, at whatever point we are defeated, do we make eye contact with Trebek in some sort of like emotional? I don't know. Is is because you, you said on the railroad is Trebek part of the group that helps defeat us? I think he should be. Yeah. If if we establish, like, if we characterize him as being a match for us, like he's our idol. We once we love Jeopardy, he becomes the man. And he definitely joins the resistance. And we have like an intense uh, two on one. Uh, what's it called? Like a duel. But I guess it's not a duel. What do you call it when there's three people? A triad? Are we fighting? I don't know. I thought that if Trebek is the only one who's a match for us, if, if we end up fighting Trebek as like a mini boss or something like that. Oh, no, I, he's an intelligence match for us. He manages to coordinate the underground and keep it hidden from us. He's the reason why we can't detect them. We oh, can't find makes... them. We can't exterminate them. Oh, and it would be OK. That's funny, too. OK, but Trebek still speaks in Jeopardy questions. So he's sort of a Yoda character. Yeah. <laughs> he's wearing like the brown canvas cloak or whatever. Oh, he's actually a Jedi. He's he's goddamn Qui-Gon Jinn. Which would make it even better if we ended up fighting against. Well, I guess if everybody is in in Jedi costumes at some point, it's part of the resistance. I don't know. That's getting too in the weeds. But yeah, uh, we're definitely not combatants. You probably shoot like mind bullets at people. And I bet you I have like a gun hand I can just do, you know, go, go gadget gun hand. But we're not fighters. We're just like we're really, really smart. Oh, but we should have henchmen of some sort. Oh, yeah, we've got henchmen everywhere. I've got probably like killer robots. And they're they're robots, but they're blue flying monkey robots. I I don't see why not. I'm sure you can assist me in their design. That seems like a very Todd thing. Yeah, whatever they end up being henchmen. I like the thumbs from Spy Kids. That's what I want all the henchmen to be. I haven't seen that one in a long time. You're going to have to refresh my memory. Oh, well, they were creatures. They were they looked like humans. They had hu- they they were bipedal constructions, but they were all thumbs. So they had two legs for thumbs, two or two thumbs for legs, two thumbs for arms and a thumb for a head. That's horrifying. Can we make them out of machines? Yeah, definitely. Basically, our all of our stuff will come together to create the Borg, just a hive mind cybernetic organism. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Actually, interesting. That's that's our ultimate goal for humanity. Oh, what the hell is a JFIF? I have no idea, but I don't trust it. Oh, now I remember. And I definitely remember why I didn't remember. (laughs) I blocked that from my memory. And now it's been brought back. Look, it's Joe Rogan. (laughs) The resemblance is uncanny. (laughs) This is actually what Joe Rogan is going to look like when he shows up versus Ro Jogan. What's Ro Jogan going to look like? Just like him, though? I guess so. It's all middle fingers. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's that's probably what I would have him be is just all middle fingers. And he actually looks at Ro Jogan. He's like, what are you supposed to be? He's like, all middle fingers. <laughs> it's like, how am I supposed to tell? Because of my attitude. Oh, they're all middle fingers, but they look like pinkies because Ro Jogan is five foot three. Oh, boy. Anyways, memes. So our henchmen are going to be Borgish things. So cybernetic hive mind stuff. Part machine, part person, all under control. 
But yeah. Trebek, Trebek knows how to deactivate them or placate them or whatever, because it turns out that actually he's he's just a little bit better than one of us is. So he's not quite a match for both of us, but he can beat one of us, which is why he needs the resistance. And that's why he put together the pseudo intellectuals and straight woman is there. And it'll be Trebek that turns Plato against us. Maybe it's like our our technology has some sort of logic drive in it that can't get around the idea of use it, answer start starting with an answer and answering with the question. I think that's probably the best way for Trebek to defeat our henchmen is to give is to actually start quizzing them. He zigzags eggs. Either they uh, start breaking down because of the logic. Because answering an answer with a question makes no sense to them. Or they're just really captivated and entertained. Could be both. Whatever it is, they fall over and start sparking. They're, they're starstruck. <laughs> I mean, they're they're technically part of Todd's hive mind. Oh, and Todd cool. would be starstruck. So the, the two things to, yeah. So you can either confuse them with logic loops or you can com- distract them with a mommy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that too. But Annabelle isn't going to appear in this episode. No. Sorry, everyone. Wasn't there another mommy? Well, there is mom, but she does not evoke that response. She does evoke the yes, ma'am, right away, ma'am response in Todd, though. But she's not here. Although mom has definitely been kind of providing support and assistance to the resistance because it's in Columbo's best interest to keep things under control at least a little bit without getting directly involved. So is there some sort of gigantic, like, so where are we hold up? We have a headquarters of some yeah, kind? Yeah, we're in, we're in, we're in a freaking volcano layer or something. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We're in a facility. Okay. That, yeah, we should actually, there should be a villain layer so that we can hit that trope. In fact, our villain layer is probably in a facility in the outside. Oh, cool. But we should, you have to find an island that rises up out of the water so that a secret door can open in the side of a cliff so that you can fly in to get to the portal that takes you to the outside. Oh, so the portal to get to our lair is inside of another lair. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the, that's the kind of multi-level sort of villainy that I think cartoonishly intelligent villains would do. The key to his castle is inside of another castle. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the world's most what intense moat. dick. It's a multi-dimensional moat. So obviously the underground has to find a way to infiltrate the facility only to find a portal to the outside where our real facility is. And to reuse but that. We, oh. Uh, oh, sorry, I cut you off. I was going to say to reuse a set, we're at the place where we defeated Paperboy. Either where we defeated Paperboy or somewhere like in that prison set where we wound up fighting McConaughey. Right, yeah. One or the other or both. I think that was the the upside-down version of the Sendables compound. Correct. Okay, anyways, one of those. Okay, so Trebek is leading the resistance, but the people who are actively probably infiltrating will definitely be the pseudo-intellectuals, and they're going to get lost, and they're going to use pseudo-intellectualism to find their way back out. Basically, I want them to magoo their way out because pseudo-intellectualism only works if you're lucky. 
So are they going to have like a set of directions written out with like step one, step two, step three, and then they deliberately choose to ignore step two and step four and still somehow accidentally end up escaping, but in the wrong way? Exactly. They they need to just like get lucky by doing the math wrong, by doing the math their own way, which is. Yeah, wrong. well, that's that's how I got through school. I still not sure I did. There's a part of me still back there, still doing that maths, still not figuring it out. And we're chained to those versions of ourselves. So Trebek, so does does anybody come face to face with us at any point? The 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 pseudo villains get lost. Are they the ones that do the final showdown with us? Do we need to establish them a little bit more? We need to establish them a little bit more. They're going to be in the final showdown and they're probably going to do little more than like badly confuse us because their pseudo intellectualism is actually now so far removed from our way of thinking that it's impossible to conceive. So how do we respond to them? Like with disgust or with confusion? With confusion. We can't even parse what they say or think. Oh, that would be an interesting point. Do we use quotes from the people that we're satirizing and then we respond to those with utter confusion? I like that. Especially when, you know, the not Jordan Peterson comes in and tells us to clean our room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some of the like the the most the th- the things that each of these those people are kind of like most famous for. Yeah, their their catchphrases, their villainous their villainous taglines. The the robot speak one. We can't actually keep up with what it's saying. It just keeps hammering away with words, and we can't keep up with it. We we can't we can't. I I don't even know what you're saying anymore. The RTC betrayed me again. Once again, uh, fool us three times shame on i don't know the rtc yeah shame on the rtc uh so we're going to be infiltrated by a crack team before that do we have straight woman going around doing kind of like a nick fury recruiting the 4chan boys to turn them into the well yeah they'll already be in the resistance because because we still represent socialism so <laughs> <laughs> So they'll naturally be in the resistance, but straight woman needs to go through them. And yeah, Nick Fury start collecting them and whipping them into teams. One team is going to be straight woman and Trebek. Plato is with us, but uh, straight woman and Trebek will get there in time for Trebek to turn Plato against us and thus make them a team of three. The pseudo intellectuals that have been uh, gathered by straight woman, they are their own team and they've been allowed to be their own team for some reason, they got lost. So, of course, they're going to show up late. So the confrontation with us at first is uh, everybody, all the good guys on the losing side. They aren't going to be able to turn it around until the pseudo-intellectuals show up. Ah, okay. So even even with Plato turned against us, they're still not quite a match for us. Even with Trebek being able to take out our henchmen, they just... They can't convince us to give it up and they can't do anything to stop us. And it seems like it's going to be a grim end, but but uh, the in, the pseudo intellectuals show up to Sam. Why is it right at the end? Pretty much exactly that. They're going to they're going to wander in. They'll be arguing with each other as they come in the door. They're like, I bet you this is the wrong fucking place, too. They're all blaming each other for everything that they've already done wrong themselves. Oh, so not only are, are they the key to beating us back, but they also actually magoo the situation. Yes, they only they only accidentally manage to get there just in time. And everybody, well, straight woman and Trebek knew that they were supposed to be there. But Plato, 
and both of us are totally confused to see them because to us it seems like are you lost are you sure you weren't looking for somewhere else because they don't seem like this is where they ought to be right and we don't even know who they are you will so they will they will then have to proceed to magoo us oh was it a magoo in that them showing up distracted us and while we're distracted or is are we still limitless enough uh, um we just turn around and that's when Trebek and Straight Woman and Plato throw the sacks over our heads or whatever. How how are we going to be defeated? Oh, no. S- Straight Woman and Plato and Trebek are still largely ineffective against us right. because they're appealing to our to what oh, we're right. you, you we're are, better at. Like they're they're trying confused. to do yeah. Yeah, the only way to defeat us is to get us with something we can't prepare for or something that we can't figure out faster. And oh, so the only thing that can those... do that is their the nonsense that the uh, you got to clean your room. Do they ever notice that it's their nonsense that's defeating us? So they just start talking at first and then they realize that we're like wincing and shrinking and like changing in appearance, like morphing back into old form or whatever. And so they like get, <laughs> they get a, 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 a burst of wind in their sails and take a step toward us. Like, you know, it's like an it or whatever when they realize that not not being scared is what defeats him yeah it it should probably go down exactly like that and i think it's funny if we like your your uh your dumbass dome helmet falls off (laughs) (laughs) like like my my uh some of my cybernetics start falling off and it's actually just me under them Ah, how's my hand back all nakey yeah we'll be censored well we're ken dolls anyways yeah exactly we're an experiment and so yes, they, uh, they're, they're they start hitting us with their talking points and they see that it's effective. And so Plato and Trebek are like, go on, tell us more. <laughs> yeah. So like the or no straight woman argues with them. That causes oh. them to go into a furious rampage <laughs> <where they're, laughs> because it like Trebek and Plato encourage them to continue because they see that it's working, but they start running out of steam and being encouraged doesn't work on them very well it it's uh it's largely ineffective but But straight woman starts (laughs) yeah straight woman starts arguing with them not only is somebody disagreeing with them but it's a woman so that really fires them up and they get us they get a second wind and they start talking even faster that's very funny oh Oh, and as they start talking faster is that when they start kind of they start do the does that uh blow like mutate them a little bit as we start shrinking they start growing or does that yeah pretty day? much they they uh they grow in power their their transformation probably won't be as fantastic and uh, uh huge and immediate as ours but they will clearly start getting more powerful i think uh they're going to get like new haircuts as they do it they're going to they're going to grow bigger foreheads bigger veins on the foreheads yeah <laughs> they're gonna get angry veins on their foreheads for sure more more sunken eyes burst capillaries on the tips of the noses their eyes will turn bloodshot and their teeth will get bigger <laughs> <laughs> and, looking all ravenous and they're gonna talk with their hands a lot more <laughs> that's very funny and so yeah they they start undergoing a change as we become progressively pushed back their 4chan basement dweller clothes turn into suits yeah but like not even nice suits but like rough kind of wool 
Yeah, Walmart suits. Like like uh, old timey professor suits where they're just they look <laughs> yeah. more like smoking jackets. They're just kind of rough wool. Oh, so like the tweed professor look. Yes, exactly. Wool tweed. Patches on the elbows. Absolutely. Elbow patches are mandatory for this this wool tweed, this suit. But yeah, and uh, they they start progressing. And I don't know if it actually, it doesn't push us out of the limitless state, but it renders us practically catatonic. So we'll be put in a weakened enough state that uh, whatever device or uh, process we've engaged with, with a big red button probably, now Plato can go and turn it off. Because we're probably sending our, our Borg-type minions, our henchmen, to start trying to forcibly convert entire cities right now. Oh, so some, they're just marching. Yeah, they're, they're really slowly, too. They're just, like, walking. And so people are just kind of watching them approach and, like, just as slowly backing up and away or stepping to one side so that this Borg thing has to turn in place and then start walking towards them again. So, like, somebody didn't think that part through. They are inevitable, but we we could have made them faster. But <laughs> but Plato turns them off, so they all just deactivate. Does he make some sort of, like, deeply regretful statement about caves and shadows? Yeah, probably. I never should have left the cave. <laughs> I suppose some shadows should belong in, cage, in caves or something like that. Should remain. Some shadows should remain on the cave wall. Yeah, I like that. And so we are we're not limit we're not limited yet, but we are, you know, rendered kind of inert. We're catatonic. We're about to go into a pseudo intellectual pseudo intellectualism induced coma. These guys will not stop now that a woman has argued with them. In fact, they're going to become a whole new problem. But for yeah. right now they've they've more or less broken us down enough that mom can arrive and give us our pills. Oh, is that that's how we're getting out of there? Yeah, we're we're basically on the ground kind of twitching and mom is going to show up and just our mouths are wide open. She's just going to come by and just drop a pill in each one. Is it going to be a thing where it's like uh, she's going to say, like, I'll keep I'll hold them off. You need to get out kind of thing, because I'm I'm not sure how I like that. I think that's a good I think that's a good idea. Okay. You all need to get out of here. I'll I'll hold them off. You need to get out of here. And then I guess Plato and Trebek are going to have to drag the pseudo intellectuals out. They're still ranting, but they're they're ranting as they're being dragged on their heels. They're standing sideways as they're being pulled out by the shirt collars. Sorry, say that again. The the pseudo intellectuals are? Yes, they're still ranting and they won't shut up. Plato and Trebek have to drag them out of there on their heels. They're, stand, oh, I thought they're standing that... sideways being dragged out by their shirt collars as they're ranting. So they're coming. I thought we were. I thought that's who mom was going to be holding off. I thought they were the new threat and we needed to get away from them. But they're coming with us. Uh, they're going with straight woman Trebek and Plato. Mom is holding us off. She oh, needs she needs to. We don't scr- have our pills yet. OK, OK. Yeah, uh, they haven't necessarily taken effect. She also needs to scrub the scene. That is, yeah, that's better. So that removes them. Do, oh, so do do uh, do uh, Plato and Straight Woman and Trebek use like the the Midnight at the Apollo cane to drag them by the neck? Yeah, and they otherwise probably try to just lose them somewhere. 
maybe the, as they as they aren't able to argue with 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 us, they start arguing with we with each other, and we kind of leave them distracted in a corner. I don't know. Oh yeah, they actually we do the yeah, thing. Yeah, they where were they were arguing with straight woman. They were arguing with straight woman, and oh, so is that? Does she? Hmm, how do they leave? They I don't know. Leave them lost. Yeah, she's she's basically going to try to lose them somewhere. So they'll they'll probably wind up lost in the upside down until we need them. Does she does she like dare or challenge them to to prove some sort of posturing thing and that leaves them shanghaied or whatever? Oh, yeah, that is the kind of thing that would work on them is she that she signals for the lads to stop. And then she just like asks one question or be like, I'm just asking questions because <laughs> that always works. <clears throat> and then they, they stand up. Somehow they got a soapbox. And then from there, they proceed to start going on a, a diatribe like a proper demagogue, both of them at once arguing with each other. And they're just left standing there arguing with each other. It's actually it's Peterson and uh, what's his name? The Harris guy. Sam Harris, they're arguing about what, what, what was it? What, what truth is Ugh. for three hours? I expect that these caricatures will take longer than that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Everything is magnified. Pseudo intellectual years. It's like dogs and humans. Yeah. So uh, that leaves them taken care of for now. Uh, Trebek, straight woman and Plato probably all depart through the portal. And I... I actually kind of assume they want to close it behind them so that none of us can get back, at least not easily. After all, we did just basically turn into uh, world dominating super terrorists. Yeah, they need to close it out. Um, and hmm, do they make any sort of statement for the sake of whether it's the audience or whatever to say like, well, if this goes well, then they have some sort of ability to get out. And if it doesn't go well, then we're going to want this closed. Yeah, pretty much. Tucker and Todd have their ways. Yeah. Uh, if we're limited, we have Magoo powers to get basically wherever we got to go. Precisely. And so we are left with just mom. Um, are we? So we're still by the time car- by the time we wake up, it'll be Columbo again, I bet. Oh, good idea. That's that is smart. So we we wake up and but we're still in a limitless state when we wake up. No, no. While we were catatonic with our mouths open, mom slipped a pill into each of our mouths. So we're probably already starting to come down from our limitless state. We're probably drugged enough that we're on our way into pseudo intellectualism ourselves. Oh, do we do we do the little waking up from a, a catatonic state thing where we see a blurred image of mom, but mom has like, or we see a blurred image of Columbo with mom's hair, or the other way around, blurred image of of mom with with Columbo's hat and overcoat and cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as it becomes unblurry, it's just it's just Columbo. Yeah, there there was no hair. That's weird. I could. And then sworn. and then it's just Columbo. And he's already talking. He's mid lecture and he says, and one more thing. <laughs> and uh, and we're starting to come back to normal. We're not all the way there yet, but uh, Colombo probably already has like a, a briefcase full of our best inventions that he likes the most and feels like keeping. Oh, and as we're coming down, as we're coming down to the stage, as you said, we go back into pseudo intellectual. So do we start making like kind of weak uh soft-spoken pseudo-intellectual proclamations and he's sort of like patronizingly like yes yes he probably tells us to take another pill 
Oh, oh, you guys, you need another one of these. What's this? This is vitamins. I don't need vitamins. Pseudo-intellectualism happens. Probably just like grabs us each by the scruff of the neck and shoves them down our throats. It immediately works. Yeah, because pseudo-intellectuals probably need to be force-fed. In the meantime, he uh, collects up the things he wants and more or less keeps that layer for himself. That layer. Now we don't have any layers. No, now we just have the studio again. But we have to get back there. He's probably... it. Plato will probably... Not Plato. Columbo will probably look at us and be like, hey, hey, boys, what's that over there? And we'll look and then he'll just push us through a portal. Oh, just one that he's concocted? Yeah, why not? That's how mom got there so easily. Yeah, of course. And we're just back in the studio. Uh, when we I get think there... I think it would be funnier if we fell into a dumpster somewhere. Oh, that is fun. You know, just not necessarily at the studio, close by enough. Uh, I, I want to assume that a portal you make just on a whim like that isn't super accurate, so we just fall out of the sky into a dumpster. It's at the Poyos Hermanos across the street. Yeah. <laughs> and then immediately afterwards, somebody throws a broken cell phone on top of my head. <laughs> and then we make our way back to the studio. I don't, do we make our way back to the studio? We could end it there, I guess, with us making a remark about like not remembering anything that happened for the past, whatever. Do, do we remember? Is this all wiped? We've been oh, limited again. Yeah, we're limited again. So even if we can remember all that stuff, we can't un- understand it. So oh, it's, we- it's like, a bizarre series of images. It's almost like watching a movie you can't quite remember. Do we have to? I feel like we do actually have to come back to the studio so that we can have a scene where we walk in and everybody screams or like tenses up and we see that they're watching the news and we're like, the news! And everybody like relieves. Yeah, everybody, everybody sighs and their shoulders sag and like, <laughs> yeah. oh, thank Christ. Whew. Everybody is suddenly happy to live with a couple of idiots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, like, okay, we have, like, to, we have Jeff to wander back. She brings over a Sudoku. Oh, yeah, just to make sure we look at it. Ugh, I can't add that. <laughs> we vomit. No, Start crying. <laughs> one of us vomits. The other one goes into the fetal position and starts crying. Yeah, exactly. And so they're like, okay, it's all good. So yeah, we, uh, we're going to have to wander our way back. We will magoo our way back from the dumpster. Like we're going to narrowly dodge a traffic accident. Oh, of course. Oh, I know what that means. ball misses us. Yeah, exactly. Our Magoo powers are back. And so we walk in and then everybody gets to be relieved that we're stupid again. And is there any... I feel like that this is the sort of thing that like is very well suited to a post-credit sequence with like what's going on with Columbo. Uh, Either what's going on with Columbo or what's going on with the pseudo-intellectuals. Oh, maybe, yeah, some hint that they're going to find their way out of the outside or that they discover something in the outside. Maybe they find like the some some artifact that we had hidden in the lair. The the straight woman actually left them in in the worst spot she could have, but she didn't know because she's never been a part of that storyline. Oh, they're they're outside of the lair. The lair is now in control of Columbo. Oh, okay. so all of all of the resources that we've invented and stuff and put there are in the hands of Columbo. But there are other artifacts all over the place on the outside, including stuff left there by Paperboy. Right. I was going to say, because um, now this is episode eight, so we have five left, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. So we have five. I mean, we can be flexible with that, but I like the whole 13 thing. Um, 
we could wrap this arc up. Could some of the stuff, all of this, these arcs that are coming together, because we still have the NFT with Gollum, um, the the hero's journey mono myth thing. Yep, the mommy is myth. It, is the mommy myth was the mommy myth an artifact that came from the D and D section during the outbreak? Oh yeah, probably. And yeah, maybe. Hmm, I wonder if it turns. Oh fuck! I wonder if it turns out that uh, Plato is actually not Plato. That maybe Plato actually came from the D and D section too. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like the idea that Plato is just like a time traveling philosopher. Yeah, kind of. I I guess I sort of forgot about that whole bit too. Yeah, yeah. He was around before. Yeah. Then never mind. I don't like that idea. He was already around. But uh, I do think it would be okay to have either a split screen post credit where it shows both Plato and the pseudo intellectuals at the same time finding something that they definitely shouldn't have ah and they're both timed so that they happen at the same time in sequence and they, they both they both have an ah just like that they find something that'll help them out because i guess what's going on with plato he was sort of i guess he wasn't corrupted but d- i guess at, at one point he would have did he lose hope at any point he believed in us the whole time and stayed with us he believed in us so much and he was about ready to come to our side because of our superior logic. So does he have any sort of existential crisis then that he was actually so far gone and realizes that oh, he was on the wrong probably. side of history? Probably. He's probably, I don't know if he thinks he's on the wrong side of history. He didn't actually make any choice until he chose to oppose us. Right. But he hesitated and that, that's enough to bother him. Oh, does he feel guilty? And so he decides to start taking limiting pills as well. I think that'd be funny. And then he's and then he's a dumbass like us for an episode. And he feels that 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 is a punishment that he deserves or something like that. Except that once he's limited from the pills, he doesn't remember why he's taking them. Yeah, he would lose. He just thinks they're vitamins. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There might be no explanation as to why he stops either. It's just convenient for him to stop. So a post credit scene where both the pseudo intellectuals as well as Columbo both discover something in their respective locations with that they definitely should not be allowed to have plate. Uh, Columbo was looking for it because he's combing through the facility, looking for all of the super genius stuff that we invented. Right. Whereas the pseudo intellectuals just luck upon it as they're wandering in the outside, arguing with each other. Now, because if I recall correctly, Columbo as mom, I can't remember which came first, chicken or egg, but I feel like one, she was keeping us limited because she knew that we had the potential to create something dangerous. Does she want it to get rid of it and destroy it so that it can't exist, or she didn't want it for herself? Right now, Columbo will be cataloging it to see what he might like to keep and what should be destroyed. Okay. That's why he wants the whole place to himself. He's combing through it. He's already probably picked out a couple of choice things, but uh, we're definitely being limited to limit the amount of <laughs> trouble we can cause. I like the idea that as he's like cataloging all the things, he's like picking up all these evil, awful devices, and at one point gets to that the 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 flashlight that the automated flashlight that 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 moves itself. Or something like that, like <laughs> all these evil weapons, and then just like a convoluted sex toy. Oh, and it's then probably his it's like, probably oh, it's probably that sex doll that you've that was in Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, just sitting boy. in the corner. Oh, boys. Just disappointed. I think that would be a decent nod in to Rick corner, and Morty, too. In the corner with a gloss finish. Ew. I don't think it should be stuck to anything. We're we're we were clean living. No, not stuck to anything. It's just got a high gloss finish. It looks like a, a, a buffed and lacquered guitar. All right. So long as it's not glossy because it's slick. No, not slick. Teeth marks and other signs of use are oh, OK, though. Good idea, yeah. All sorts of crazy teeth marks. Yeah. Signs of use are OK. But I, yeah, it should be. A, I'm OK with that one being a reference to Rick and Morty because that's already some mad signs that we borrow from a lot. Definitely. <sighs> OK, yeah, I'm yawning too much. Okay, then it's time to wrap it up, everybody. I think it was most. I think we wrapped it up within the time limit, anyways. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, that's that's what Colombo's doing. Uh, we haven't decided yet what he finds and what he discards and what he keeps. Nor have we decided what it is that the pseudo intellectuals have found. But whatever it is, they've stumbled onto it, and it's good for them. I think having some time to think of, of it with like an edit and a week in between, maybe that's something that we can tag on. I'm not sure. Uh, do you do you know do you have an idea what it because i'm thinking the the thing that the pseudo and pseudo intellectuals would have found would be something that helps them get out of out of out of the unknown or or the unknown the outside or is it or is it something that empowers them and leads to may is it a thing where like they live in the in the outside for for years while a, a minute passes on earth kind of thing and they develop and become like big crazy villains there and then make their break their way out to do like a space jam space uh, earth takeover thing. Whatever it is, it'll have to be something that allows them to both leave the outside, but also, you know, empower them in some way. So it'll have to be able to do both. I, I don't do know like if they're the going to, I don't know if they're going to stay there a long time, but that's basically our great big shelf of stuff that we, we will dust off when convenient. Right. Okay. So I uh, I think we're done. Yes, I think that was a whole story and a whole storyline with everything that we wanted and a whole bunch of jokes that I don't think I was even expecting. It's convoluted sex toy. Yeah. I mean, what are a couple of boy geniuses supposed to do? We ha- Well, I mean, we we're trying to maximize efficiency. Naturally. So how do you want to sign this one off, Todd? Oh, right. I meant I forgot that I was even going to come up. It, it would be sort of funny if we just had a different catchphrase at the end of every single episode. Convoluted sex toy. <laughs> yeah. Get your convoluted sex toys. That's my catchphrase for today. This has been Tucker and Todd, the home of the convoluted sex toys. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you join us next week where we will be dis- discussing the next point in this plot. You know, the villains that we were talking about this whole time, they're coming back. We're going to defeat them, probably, maybe, who knows. Tune in. Next week, we're probably not doing that at all. I guess we'll see. Yeah, we're probably doing the NFT. We've, oh, we're we've, going to do an we've been, uh We've been playing with this plot for a while now. It's probably time to, to mix it up. Right. Yeah, we do a little a little interim story that will connect the, the time in between. It will give our heroes and our villains time to figure out what they're doing when we return to them the, the next week. Or, and it'll give us some time to decide exactly what it is that Columbo and the pseudo intellectuals have found. All right. And what it has to maybe it has something to do with the NFT. Well, yeah, because it's it's true power has yet to be decided as well. For sure. Anyways, that's all in due time. Thank you for joining us. I'm Todd. I'm Tucker. Have a good night. Good night, Craig. <laughs>